Welcome to Healthcare Beat, a healthcare podcast brought to you by Seifarth Shaw's cross-disciplinary healthcare team. Each beat will focus on key industry trends and the latest developments while identifying practical takeaways for those in this space. I'm Adam Lawton, partner in Seifarth's corporate department and host of Healthcare Beat. Let's jump in. Today, we're kicking off a special series with this episode focused on Seifarth's recently released publication, The Future of Healthcare in the United States, What a Post-Pandemic Healthcare System Could Look Like. As listeners may know, this is the second edition of our Healthcare Group signature piece and provides updates and insights into what the post-pandemic world may look like for the healthcare industry and things we've learned since our previous edition. If you haven't seen a copy yet, be sure to reach out. In the meantime, I'm joined today by Sherry Dasho, a colleague at Seifarth here in our Houston, Texas office and a member of the firm's healthcare practice. Sherry is the author of chapter one of the treatise titled The Evolution of Physician and Health Professional Regulation Following COVID-19. Sherry, welcome to Healthcare Beat series on the future of healthcare in the United States. Thank you, Adam. Sherry, maybe we could start with just a brief summary of what your chapter covers. Sure. This chapter picks up on our prior publication where we talked about the impact of COVID-19 on physicians and other healthcare professionals. As we moved into 2021, we examined the effects of this unprecedented array of temporary regulation waivers, which were discussed in greater detail in the previous publication, and the rules that were aimed at bolstering our country's healthcare system by providing maximum flexibility to healthcare providers and facilities. Now, initial efforts focused on enabling providers to continue to care for patients using virtual platforms and removing barriers in state licensing laws. But today, despite the development of effective vaccines that greatly reduce the morbidity of the new strains of COVID that are appearing on a global scale, we believe that the pandemic is certainly going to remain in place and part of the publication addresses those issues. And Sherry, in terms of looking far out in the future, what lasting effects do you anticipate the pandemic having on physicians or the regulation of healthcare professionals? Well, let me preface what I'm going to discuss with the statement that a lasting effect is the likelihood that COVID has moved from a pandemic into an endemic disease, similar to the flu. And what this means is that the items we predicted or discussed in the previous edition that we have now picked up in this second edition in chapter one are going to be pervasive with respect to our healthcare industry and our system. And so funding of vaccine development is something that will certainly continue. And the effects of the pandemic will also continue. Now, another lasting effect is on the manner in which the public accesses healthcare. So if people do not become immunized, hospitals are going to continue to receive gravely ill patients with COVID. In fact, we have observed most recently, and we identified it in the chapter, that this has had the effect of creating problems for emergency treatment of other healthcare issues, such as heart attacks, accidents, strokes, because of the short supply. 
and the supply chain is certainly something that was disrupted and has continued to be somewhat disrupted, although a lot of the efforts of putting funding behind the development of vaccines and PPE has gone a long way. Probably the most important thing, though, is the use of digital health technology. It's not going to go away. It will not only continue to be used, such as telehealth, which has become a very popular modality for uh, receiving healthcare, but will also expand in, the, in its adoption by the public. Public has really come to like remote care and practitioners have been adapting to this and will continue to modify their practices. And this is depending on their specialties, of course. Telehealth regulations uh, were greatly relaxed during the original edition that we discussed and open issues exist whether payers will change their reimbursement policies for remote versus in-office care and that is one of the issues that we addressed in our chapter the COVID pandemic has created a demand for certain categories of allied health practitioners and this is a consequence of the stress and distress that has arisen with the population. But we certainly view that this need for behavioral health practitioners, nurses, and others will continue because of the burnout and the impact that the disease has had on the healthcare industry. And if some of our listeners are working within healthcare organizations, practices, or facilities, or some other type of organization, what are some specific legal considerations that they may want to give some attention to? Yeah. Well, there are a number of legal considerations, but I'll start with the elephant in the room, which is mandating vaccinations. The introduction of vaccinations was discussed at length in our chapter, but one has to raise the issue of the mandating of vaccinations and the challenge it has posed for healthcare providers and employers, recognizing that some of those issues will be discussed by other members of our group. We expect the use of digital health technologies is going to become a regular part of healthcare delivery. But just like everything else that we as healthcare lawyers have come to recognize is there's always the potential for abuse. Now, we're talking about abuse in defrauding the federal government, abuse in the use of certain technologies, the standards that apply. We're already seeing OIG investigations and cases being brought where certain bad actors have taken advantage of the systems to defraud the government. But also, states will likely join the telehealth license compact to make interstate delivery of healthcare less burdensome. That is one of the, I mean, the items that will remain, but will also present both opportunities and challenges for the healthcare providers. Because even if there are states that participate in the compact, there still would be requirements for some form of registration of the practitioners in the states in which they do not hold a primary license. Getting paid, though, is probably going to become an issue as the third-party payers reevaluate the way in which they value the services being provided using technology. Thanks, Sherry. You know, you've given us so much good information. Could you synthesize, you know, what's in the chapter 
and give us two or three important takeaways for both people who are you know reading the publication and folks listening to this podcast, things that they ought to remember going forward? Sure. I would say the takeaways are, number one, the pandemic may no longer be a pandemic, but it'll likely become an endemic disease. As we discussed, technology will continue to be used and will likely evolve. In fact, there are new modalities being attached to telemedicine technology so that the biometric information can be provided and there will be greater sophistication in both diagnosis and treatment modalities and opportunities. Another takeaway is that the pandemic has exposed serious problems related to social and racial injustice associated with the differences among populations, among economic status, and revealed vulnerabilities in our healthcare system being able to meet the needs of all patients or persons where they live. And finally, I would say the U.S. healthcare delivery system is going to have to continue to evolve in response to pressures of an ever-changing environment. I want to posit a concept which was originally described by the WHO, World Health Organization, and it's a concept called One Health. And this looks at the evolution of disease and population health as an integration of the environment, specifically the climate, interaction among people and different animals, species of animals, and the general stress that is placed on the human condition. And these seem to be contributing factors to the new strains of disease. I guess if I were to summarize, this virus will be with us. The need to maintain a strong public health focus to keep the disease under control and to minimize the severe impact of the disease, both on the individuals and on the healthcare professionals themselves and the facilities is going to require ongoing rigor and funding and a system that can address and respond to the effects of this condition. I'd like to thank Sherry for joining me today. We really appreciate sharing your insight and expertise with us. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us for another edition of SciFarth's Healthcare Beat podcast, bringing you the latest developments and pressing issues in healthcare. So you will never miss an episode. Be sure to visit SciFarth.com where you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue our special series on the future of healthcare in the United States where we'll feature key takeaways from another chapter in our publication. Thank you.